Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Greenwich was shocked today as police arrived to investigate two grisly murders. to say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottom so perhaps two of them mirrored images of each other. Let's go to the water. Mr. Anselmo is the latest in a long list of murders perpetrated by the infamous serial killer known only as the Family Man. This life is nothing more than the process of rationing a very small quantity of hope. In this unspectacular, unchanging hothouse, there are only a few patches of clean glass amid the thick grime spread across its dirty windows, where we might occasionally spy the wilder world beyond our rote, geometric lives. Those moments of vision are few but inspiring lending to us our notions of immortality and granting our dreams and expectations for ourselves a ridiculous overreach. And within those exaggerations we gather hope against death, against vanishing, against oblivion. Yet in the end we are exhausted and become dust. Darkness on the other and greater hand is that recalcitrant part of us that cannot sink to its least desirable depths, where the world becomes vacant and complacent, merely a blithering stupidity of artificial imperatives, where wonder perishes of starvation and all power attains only the nullity of its purpose. Darkness is the devil's clay, the malleable power of the self, unrestrained. Once possessed, it can grant a forbidden arrogance to its wielder, allowing them to do whatever they choose rather than whatever they are told. Darkness is to accept that we are dangerous and intent on being so. All of this was the great darkness, and my belief as to why we forgot its savage raptures and that we were too much for ourselves. Our raw, unseasoned truth was just too terrifying. Yet how glorious we must have been to have frightened ourselves so. Now I am overflowing with hope for the first time. I saw, if only faintly, a very small but astonishing scene from the great darkness. The stolen dream was so much more than just the play of memory and shadow, with the least of its importance falling upon the specifics of the lovely Miss Molly Patience. At least, not her per se. Here was something precious and singular, like the fleeing golden hind caught somewhere within the brambles of my mind, only to be lost again to the forest of recollection and forgetfulness. This was a decaying fragment of utter and incarnate madness, a clear memory of the great darkness. I saw what the world had become and could perhaps become again. I witnessed the defeat of the Queen of the Dead. I saw her corpulent dullness scattered like the ashes across a world of resurrected dreams. Was this the purpose of the dream? To advertise a possible reward for a game well played? Or was it, in truth, merely a parenthetical sideshow of the next name on my murder list? However parenthetical or primary, 
The dream had appreciably lightened my desire to eliminate the subterranean cannibal. For she was pure monster. Forged from a demon darkness beyond recollection. A mistress of dark hordes. And a hunter of fiends. Alternatively, I was ecstatic to meet her monstrous legions and stand before her bleeding smile, which could easily pass for one of my sister's lethal grins. I would have liked to believe that I had some choice in the matter, but the truth is I had none. I was in love with a drift of inscrutable purpose and the power of endless possibility. And as an artist, to see your work actually affect the world. The train slowed as we approached a line of mountains that shambled in from the east. The sky hosted sweaty clouds and legions of crows. The next stop was listed as Orphan. As the train finally came to a halt and opened its doors, I peered out the windows intently, hoping to glimpse the species of creature that afforded the city its strange name. However, the train lingered at the boarding platform, and a tinny voice announced that there would be a two-hour layover before the train resumed. I happily disembarked, eager to explore. There were few passengers departing from the other cars, exactly twenty people, all told, with not a stitch of the remarkable about any of them. So I took to the shadows of the path we were all following into town not giving the small crowd a second thought. The town itself was trivial and quiet, but the echoes of horror's past still sounded within its darker spaces, always reminding those who were sensitive to such reverberations that past is prologue. Yet beyond its connection to plague and death, it was a quaint, if only slightly haunted, little hamlet. There were sights in and around the city if you knew where and how to look for them. For instance, after I followed the quiet of old death, I located a wonderful and well-hidden mass grave. It had apparently been feeding a collection of the most monstrous trees I'd seen since I traveled the back roads about Autumn City, near the infamous September woods. I even managed to find a small smokehouse that had been repurposed as an art gallery, hidden fairly deep in the forest. The lingering darkness must have found a willing supplicant somewhere in the city. It had called upon them to recount their darkest visions in pig's blood, and to paint those images across the dried skins of deer and bear. The gallery was fresh, as some of the paintings had dried only recently. There was one particular piece that caught my eye. A tall, gaunt man had been painted against a background composed of many hundreds of knotted serpents and he wore a dainty crown fashioned from small snake bones. The words written below the slim figure read, The Prince of Snakes. Yet despite the one mature work, the rest of the pieces were still those of a fledgling. The animal material satisfied an embryonic art that would soon call for more blood and skin, of a species that would require a gallery less easily stumbled upon by persons wandering through the forest. After drinking from a cold stream, I made my way back to the train. I reached the station and detected the small crowd returning from the city had grown by one member. The new addition seemed out of place, trying too hard to blend into the gathering. 
Entering the passenger car, I took a seat behind the man who wished to remain unnoticed. I watched him for some time before realizing he was looking back at me through the reflective chrome that wrapped around the handrail. I have no head for this sort of game, the man said, our eyes locking upon the reflection of the other. I'm far too impatient. It's the chaos I'm chasing. The faster and faster I go. I just love it. You. I said nothing. My sister was already near to hand, and I couldn't deny how badly I wanted to express the artistic inspiration gained via my sleeping glimpse into the great darkness. The man slowly, as if knowing that any untoward movements would lead to his death, lifted and displayed a piece of water-stained paper from his front pocket. He unfolded and briefly held it within my view. It was a murder list, replete with crossed-off names and numbered entries. See? I don't think you're on here. Or at least, you're not next on my list. I'm embarrassed to say that it took me some time to finally know the true face of my next playmate. And you certainly don't look anything like the Breathtaker. Or George. His pedestrian and less preferable name, I imagine. And from the fact that I'm still talking, I'm going to assume that I'm not on your list either. Are we permitted to kill out of order? If so, I suppose we may have a problem. You would have the problem, I'm afraid, I said, effortlessly sliding my sister through the fabrics and plastics of the seat between us, gently resting her deadly smile against his back. But I have no inclination to pursue the names out of order thus far. However, there does seem to be an implicit formality to all of this. So, for now, I'm willing to consider the order of the names as something of an unspoken rule. It's the order and formality that has me wanting to quit this awful game. As an artist, I'm sure you must feel the same, yes? The man knew who I was. That interested me. Why do you think you know who I am? <laughs> Please, you're gigantic. With what could easily be an enormous axe wrapped up and strapped across your back. To be honest, I'm not sure how you've lasted so long with such an appearance. And you're traveling ostentatiously on a public vehicle, no less. He still hadn't turned to face me. Do I have you at a disadvantage, my friend? Have you no idea with whom you're speaking? I wonder how many faceless names you've already scratched off that list of yours, all the while having no idea as to the legacies you've destroyed. That is what we're doing, isn't it? We're being made to thin our own ranks. Or have you a grander explanation to share? The man was intriguing enough to warrant a response. I've known a few of the persons on my list. The others weren't permitted a proper introduction, I'm afraid. As to the nature of the game, I'll keep my opinions to myself. And while I admit to a temporary loss in our little naming game, your interest in names and legacies tells me more about you than the fact that you won't show me your face. Or whoever's face, that is. Even the sunlight falling from behind me can't reveal the unmoving portions of the dead skin that make up that wonderful mask you've constructed. Although, as soon as you're on the hunt again, you will turn it round, won't you? Revealing a face on both sides of your head. Am I correct, Janice? The man laughed. <laughs> That's the reason you've proven so elusive. You're a clever fox indeed. 
Yes, you guessed correctly. Still laughing, the masked killer finally turned to face me, and I stared into eyes as lethal as the dagger that swiftly knocked aside my sister's gleaming smile. The sunlight didn't immediately alert me to the fact that the man sitting in front of me was wearing another person's face over top of his own. The precision of the mask's fashioning was clearly exquisite, almost superhuman, but the fit was too perfect. It was as if the victim had been genetically designed to blend into the features and nuances of the killer's face. Yet I knew that the artist known as Janice the Two-Faced had been host to many, many faces. And the mask's fit was likely due to the skill of its designer, not some shared biological element. The dagger that deflected my sister's smile quietly tore through the headrest of the seat in front of me, stopping just beneath my chin. The dead skin of the mask smiled at me, somehow obeying the movements of the living skin beneath. The mask only slightly betrayed its inanimate nature via a small, solitary crease from the right corner of its pale lips to the right eye hole. Visible only when the wearer smiled, I assumed his smile must have occurred in quantities sufficient to cause the crease in the first place, Janice said. Speed is, of course, as essential as cleverness. Now tell me, family man, what do you know about all of this monkey business? Try as I might, I've only heard from this person or that of a weird little shepherd who has an affection for herding wolves. The general thrust of his title suggests the shepherd is some kind of master of murderers, and we're all his angry little hounds. Now, while I'm a big fan of wolves, I've never considered myself a suitable analog for the hairy things. Besides, everything boiled down, we're all just predators, and that should go without saying that any living thing could be, from the right rhetorical angle, analogized to a wolf. It's really quite a lazy comparison, if I'm being completely honest. You see, wolves have more in common with killer robots than me. They're programmed from embryo to corpse to hunt and kill. I choose to do what I do, and I just love everything I've done. But please, before you say it, do me the favor of not mentioning my genetic trajectory and all that rubbish. I have a choice in all of this. I must. It's chaos that moves my blades, not chromosomes. Do you think evolution would have me wear your face? Do you really believe that a mere genetic aberration would let me make such wonderful masks and with such incredible skill? No. It's a brand of lethal chance, a murderous chaos that slips madness into monotony. I give it a voice. I give it a face. It's staring at you right now. Honestly, I ask you, what could all of this have to do with simple wolves? In principle, the killer said nothing that I fervently disagreed with, as his reasoning was sound enough. However, I did take issue with the blade he had placed beneath my chin, as that would certainly need to be rebutted. I used my free hand to wrench the seat in front of me sideways, jerking the knife away from both my neck and the killer's hand. As his knife fell to the floor, I plunged my hand through the hole in the intervening seat and grabbed the killer by the wrist. I pulled his arm through the hole, twisting it, and disallowing him access to any more surprises. 
Strength is also an asset, I said. And when combined with cleverness and speed, you have a rather effective trifecta indeed. But to answer your question, yes, I do know something about all of this. Yet, as I've already said, I will keep that information to myself. But now tell me, Janice, what have you dreamt of? Have you dreamt of him, the shepherd? Janice laughed. <laughs> My, you are rather strong at that. My arm feels like it's trapped in a vice. But if you don't intend on killing me, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would loosen up just a tad bit. Otherwise, you'll give my next scheduled opponent an unfair advantage. And I'll only have the effective use of my one arm. Anyway, I can't say for sure that I've had a mystical visitation in my sleep. I'm pretty sure that's what you're getting at. But I have had a few unusual dreams. The first occurred just before I acquired my most recent appearance. I was looking over the face of a terribly perturbed sea when I quickly realized the whitecaps were completely unjustified. You see, there was no storm to cause them, not even the slightest breeze. So I bent close to the water, trying to sneak a peek beneath the foaming waves. That's when I saw the wolves under the water, thousands of them biting, frothing, and killing. It was their battle that stirred the waters, and let me tell you, it was quite a fiasco. I was enjoying the show when, from the middle of the sea, there emerged a figure. Now, I'm not all that knowledgeable when it comes to what a shepherd is supposed to look like, so who's to say that what the being actually was? Although he did have one of those lovely curving rods that I know shepherds sometimes carry about. Anyhow, the rod was the color of freshest blood, and he lifted it from the water and up over his head. After a few seconds, he slammed the tip of the rod back down into the water, which seemed to have the effect of transferring the blood red of his staff to the color of the sea. The waves rose up and swept me into the depths, where I joined with the wolves in their war. Now, if only he'd asked me politely, I, I might have been more amenable to his game. But as it stands, I pick my own faces, and I'll not tolerate them being chosen for me. Again, my arm, please. I'll be needing it soon. He was right. So I slightly loosened my grip, for which he thanked me. I had no desire to rid the world, or even injure yet another muse, if I didn't have to. It was at that point, when we were fully joined in conversation, that we both noticed it. A cold blast of silence. It was coming from the car in front of us. I released Janice from my grip, and we both slid into the shadows to investigate. When we entered the next car, we discovered a space of darkest dreams. Headless bodies, overstuffed with additional organs leaking like lolling tongues from their carved, smiling stomachs and tiny flames hopping and shivering from within an assortment of hanging, brightly grinning heads. The carved jack-o'-lantern faces were just open windows to the small lights that barely burned within them, illustrating a fact beyond flesh. It was clearly the work of the artist known as Jack Lantern. He was in the passenger car beyond us. Emerging from that distant darkness, I could hear the methodic sighing of a busy blade, occasionally punctuated by the small ticking sounds that spoke to the fine adjustments of a knife-working bone. 
Jack Lantern was perhaps the most notorious living killer of all. Unlike so many of us, he hunted the same killing grounds, haunted the same city with his wonderful human jack-o'-lanterns, evading capture and spreading nightmare. Not since our great forebear, Dewey Hines, or Sleepyhead, who nearly enveloped the entire city of New Victoria within his killing dream, had there been such an artist. I suddenly found my chances of winning the Shepherd's game lessened, if only slightly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 